The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, what makes a career? And is the concept dying out? Author Bruce Feiler explains our evolving workforce. The problem is, is that we've had a kind of definition of success that applied only to a certain kind of worker. Today's worker is a little different. Switching jobs more frequently, expecting more from employers, and of course, the ever-divisive remote work. I think I need to defend work from home. Just okay. a oh my God. It's a whole jobs episode with Meta's workers heading back to the office and U.S. employment numbers surprising Wall Street and complicating things for the Federal Reserve. I think it's important, Joe, that the Fed is not getting the loosening of the labor market that it seeks. Plus, how AI is changing the jobs market with OpenAI board member and venture capitalist Jeff Lewis. I don't think humans are going away. AI is a tool that is making humans more effective, better at their jobs. It's Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Donut day, donut day, donut day. I know. And a delectable Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Andrew by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning, welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin back. He's back. After being sick, back here to torture Joe Kernan. And you're only, nice you're, to see you're you, only 70%, right? I'm not perfect, I will, I'm, but I'm never perfect. But I'm, I would, yeah, I'm in the 70, 80. I got it in the throat and the nose a little. What do we know about uh, this specific strain and whether you I, could still be strain. contagious. I don't have a strain. Could I you still be contagious? You I have a strain have, of something. Well, uh, like a cold. Right. Like a cold. Well, you, you know for a fact you're not contagious now, but here you are? I'm I'm four days in, three and a half days in. All right, you're probably in. okay. I'm not worried about it. I got four you, I dogs. You, I got you, four dogs. You're, I don't, you're a very uh, you healthy see, man. You know what you dogs are. eat? You know what dogs eat? In, I mean, I, and I, I kiss them. So it's just, you know, I've seen everything. My, yeah. my immune system is like, oh, that thing? I, I, as you know, I, I struggle. I str- my kids had something and I, I Are you glad you're I here, Kelly? Die. Kelly's here. She was here Kelly's, yesterday. I know. She I'm was like, filling in, doing a great job. What's really, guys, weird, what's really weird is when she said, this is I, what I'm wearing, last night, said, this is what I'm wearing tomorrow. Uh, and I said, let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do. And right. I found this. <laughs> is this a coincidence? It's called working well, out. It's, it's working out. It's a coincidence. Wavelength. And you guys, look, it's job it's Friday. Serendipity. It's a big day. It is a big day after the ADP number. You know what else today is? Uh, Maybe the real reason I came that, in. I think I, that's what they said. Makeup, donut day. They said donut that makeup. Day. That's donut they day. knew you'd be here. It's donut day. I know. I'm sick, but I want to. I have my hopes up that people send you donuts. You're going to be flying. Do we know for a fact something's coming here? I don't know, but you know we can only hope. There have been inquiries. Something's coming. Did you say that? There have been. He's talking, something talking wicked this way. Something the, wicked this way comes. In, yes. In, in the. I like the bacon. Are there people in your ears? In your head? Yeah. I like the bacon glaze. No, we got to go big. Go for a cronut. Cronut. They were just talking about yeah. cronuts. I realized I never. I had like one. them light though, just a, like a, a nice light glazed, you know, yeah. in volume. As Nine of them. Yeah, in volume. Setting up today's careers episode, the latest jobs report in the U.S. Today we learned from the Labor Department that the U.S. jobs market remains resilient. 
the economy created 339,000 jobs in the month of May. That's way above expectations. Professional and business services led all sectors for job creation, followed by government jobs and healthcare. Leisure and hospitality and construction also saw gains, but unemployment ticked up last month to 3.7%, due in large part to a decline in self-employment. It's good news about jobs, but there are still headwinds for the broader economy. Inflation still pinching consumers, and recent data shows more Americans dipping into savings or relying on credit cards to spend. Overall, the report revealed conflicting signals. Some evidence of the economy cooling, yes, in the wage data and uptick in unemployment, but the strong job creation is definitely a sign of resilience. The contrast complicates things for the Fed, which is set to meet this month and decide whether to hike interest rates again. The Fed will only end its tightening cycle if the economy looks like it's cooling enough and for good, which still seems TBD. Here's Joe Kernan with CNBC's markets commentator Mike Santoli and CNBC's senior economics reporter Steve Leisman. Mike Santoli, is it possible? Can, can't we just have a strong jobs uh, environment and maybe inflation moderates because it's not all wage related? It, it, couldn't we live in a perfect world where we don't have to hate uh, a good jobs number? Well, that's the hope, Joe, and it's certainly conceivable, but you want to see it in the numbers. So I think the market's not going to assume that's what we have. You, you know, you can, depends on what you want to focus on in this number. There were upward revisions as well to prior months. So clearly strong payroll growth. The household uh, survey seems like it's showing a little softening or higher uh, participation, which is good, good news, and then moderation in wage growth. I think one of the reasons the market maybe is not alarmed by the big headline number, thinking it's going to bring a much more hawkish Fed, is because of all the preparatory uh, speech work that the Fed has done this week, trying to de-link this exact uh, jobs report from what they're going to do in a couple of weeks. But we'll see how it plays through the day. I I think that's important, Joe, that the Fed is not getting the loosening of the labor market that it seeks. Right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do what? I'm not going to ask Andrew. Yeah. Oh, about... Andrew will be be with you. She's... Go for it. What is it? She thinks a... Well, a T-bill like is like the end-all, be-all to get 5% for a year. You know what? I was thinking of putting my money in the see? Apple Goldman Sachs T- uh, program. But, but then see? if you read today, you it's very hard, it hard to get your money out. So, my point uh, was that, okay, we happen to be like a roach we're pretty, we're pretty good. We, talk, we don't talk in 10,000, but let's say you're talking 10,000 uh, increments. You yeah. put in your mattress for a year, you get $10,000. Yes, sir. You put it in a 5% T-bill, you get $10,500. You're making in Bitcoin. 40, put it in Bitcoin. The alternative, it wasn't, it wasn't the one-year T-bill versus tell you? nothing. What did, it was the one-year T-bill versus Bitcoin. Bitcoin. What, what did Novogratz tell you? That's three months, six months, Nvidia one year, five year. He said it's been the best performing asset on any time frame. It has been. So I think Bitcoin's going to be like gold. It's going to have that inflation-adjusted peak. It's okay. going to no, keep its no, purchasing it's just, power, it's but it's never going back to Based on stock to flow and based on stock every time it has. I know. Believe me, I know. But you I'm, know all this I stuff? Do. You Listen, know it so well that you have some have Bitcoin, you, you little minx. I do. You do. But I'm not <laughs> bullish. She has it. I'm not bullish on it. But, I don't know. I think I still think a dollar saved is a dollar made, and therefore, if you make 500 bucks, I'll take the $500. My, my friend and I'll said, go to dinner my friend and said, enjoy it. My friend said the funniest thing yesterday. Does Kelly sleep with her light on? He thinks I'm a scaredy cat. A scaredy cat. Because Who, I'll take when, 5% when you can buy stocks and buy a, a piece of the future of a, of a great U.S. company, why would you just... 
Maybe it was I 10%, been, 10%. Is, and by the way, this is bad because the only other time I tried to market time was like 10 years ago and it didn't yeah, end well. Exactly. But let me know, let me know what you're doing market timing wise. <laughs> you can do the opposite. Yeah. I'm a good counterindicator. The 60 vote threshold having been achieved, the bill is passed. The debt ceiling standoff is over and the Fiscal Responsibility Act passed the Senate last night by a vote of 63 to 36. President Biden said he'll sign the bill today and address the nation at 7 o'clock this evening. So all of a sudden, we kind of moved through this fairly quickly. Andrew, Andrew I didn't get your uh, kind of macrocosmic take on the whole thing, but there was a lot of praise for both I'm just Speaker happy. McCarthy and I'm Biden yesterday. I'm just happy that both it. sides actually did I it. I love it. And it worked out. And, I love it. And I, I give both sides credit. I do. I know. I do. We did so that yesterday. We did that's that. That's the good news. The president and... Uh, I, the Daily Beat's funniest thing was, is it, uh, how did they phrase it? Is, is it the return of sane Republicans? <laughs> that's what they, <laughs> yeah, that's, I just love, I love the premise. It's like, for six years, battle. there have been insane Republicans. And, and, but there was a picture of, of Speaker McCarthy, too, so I thought it was kind of funny. He's getting tons of accolades. He is? He's getting accolades. The president's the president. getting accolades. Yeah. Hope the president's okay Working after out. that fall, by the way. That was a... That was not, not, a, not a great situation. Very scary looking thing. Meta Platforms, formerly Facebook, asking employees assigned... <laughs> asking employees who are actually assigned to an office to come in three times per week starting in September. That's according to a report in the information that said employees who are already designated remote workers can remain distributed. A Meta spokesperson said the company is confident people can make a meaningful impact both from the office and at home, but they are continuously refining their model to foster collaboration, relationships, and culture. But if you're wearing your Oculus, if you're wearing your Oculus, I would say that's like being in the office. Well, and that, that would be the Zuckerberg long-term argument, wouldn't just, it? With just his, saying. Remember yeah. the boardroom anima animation yeah. that they had where people sit? I've, I've done it. Or and I would. thought it was awesome, by the way. I think I need, to defend, so. I think I need to defend work from home for just okay. a moment. Oh, my God. He, look, you're, you're two look are together right into the, Just you look right into the camera. No. Look right into the camera. I'm going to make an obvious point. Are you going to add in participation awards, too? <laughs> are you going to defend those? I mean, it, So, by the way, in, in, when you're starting out, what, like, I literally couldn't have ever done anything if I hadn't been in the office. I'm actually not talking about that. But if we think talk, society... Talk to the viewer. Okay. Talk to him. <clears throat> but I'd rather talk to you guys. Okay. If we think society... Don't do his heavy lifting for him. Two working parents... Raising children, okay, that's hard. commuting that's hard. to the office Four dogs. five days a week, and actually have that be sustainable, you are out of your mind. And we've never had this experiment before. We have never had as high a share of two working parents as we have right now. So the only way, and then people go, oh, but the fertility rate, so oh, the births last year, the fertility rate was so low. Okay, well, how about a little flexibility? Why don't you make it sound like you actually are trying to make it easier for people to have bigger families? So, lost in all of this, this all always comes back to 24-year-old millennials, and I just don't think that's what the real are discussion is. They're not, those are, they're, they're a new Gen thing. Gen Z is not. Yeah, right? are they? They're new, <laughs> all the millennials are the parents. My point but, is, we have to, like, the, the flexibility at some point is literally the only way this, this whole thing is going to work. Otherwise, everyone's going to have to have a nanny, and who can afford that? It's, in, it's ludicrous. It's insane. Child care costs are insane right now. If you have... Two working parents, okay, maybe. It's that, that is society. Like, if that's the I way, know, if we're I making know. a choice, everyone's going to go to college, everyone's going to get a job, oh, but everybody has to also raise kids at the same time. Like, it literally doesn't add up. I'm mostly want all these people that come into the city to, to, to service the office workers. I want them to have jobs. I don't want them all. Yeah, so do Nothing I. to do. But like you, you have to make a choice at some point. And you can go back to the well, 50s or the 90s when you had one working parent. Good, and you stay, had, stay you know, in your T-bills and don't buy any <laughs> office REITs. <laughs>
because they're, no, they're going to zero I, within just, your I'm just world. The, the argument that it's going to go totally back. To I think there's somewhere in the, in the middle. It's somewhere. In and the middle. as far as Oculus, I said this yeah. yesterday. You, you can program in. I'm visiting Rome. You're not going to smell the food. You're not going to get splashed by the Trevi fountain it's water. You're next. not going to. Really? Yes, they're working on all sorts of crazy things. Just to get splashed and smell. You will feel. I mean, you'll feel stuff and smell stuff and all. It's, Supposedly, it's all, it's all coming. There was a movie that did this called Brainstorm with Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood, which was, shows you how old it was. Um, we got a lot more right here on Squawk. You I think can it was uh, add us on Twitter if you uh, like or don't like what's being said here. <laughs> you can follow the show at. Squawk CNBC for video clips, news, and more. You can also tweet at us any comments about the show or about this podcast. Up next on this Jobs Friday, venture capitalist and board member at ChatGPT parent, OpenAI. It's Jeff Lewis. They should be teaching every kid how to prompt AI in school. The AI Game Changers, right after this. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod today with Joe Kernan, Andrew Ross Sorkin, Kelly Evans, and dozens of donuts. Here's our resident donut lover, Andrew. Today is National Donut Day. That's why you need the little give. Uh, one of our favorite days, at least one of my, my favorite days, right here on Squawk Box. Believe it or not, National Donut Day has been around since 1938. It was created by the Salvation Army. It was not like some Dunkin' Donuts thing. To honor women mm-hmm. who brought coffee and baked goods to the front lines in France during World War I. And we've got some donuts on set this morning. Uh, we need to thank the good, uh, good folks at the Donut Pub, Donut uh, Pub. Krispy Kreme, and Daily Provisions. Donut Pub is the, the bacon. Donut one. Pub is, you like, the, you like like bacon on your donuts. Every, and they have I that. like bacon on my everything. I know, yes. on everything. So they do that, and they have some very sophisticated um, sort of different flavors. The Krispy Kreme guys, you know, I Amazing. think just do a, a beautiful, classic, glazed. And then... Daily Provisions, by the way, right over there, I don't know if we get a look at that, they do sort of an apple cinnamon fritter, and they do a chocolate one, too, that's actually marvelous. So I don't know how many we're da- going to down today. I know we've sometimes had like, had like a counter in the screen. I, I don't think we're going to do that today. I don't want to have to like throw, throw away the, 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 I mean, the glucose uh, monitor or whatever. But if it wasn't disgusting, I would do a wine tasting thing. Right. What do you mean, a wine pairing? Take a bite, donuts? spit it out. Take a bite, spit it out. Take a bite, spit it. I, I would try every single one. Yeah, you, you would. You would. And but there's I don't some think cool I stuff spit, here. I don't think there's I a blueberry one here that looks pretty huh? good. I don't think I could so, spit it out. So anyway, what would you like? I, I want one of the apple ones with the the. You want this? Ones. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we'll I'm start with the bacon. Break my microphone. <laughs> to pull your tail. Here you go. Come over here. Weeks That's of good. This is weeks of work going is down the drain, by the way. I'm just going right here. Joe, you, you, you got to fend for yourself right over there. This. I see the bacon one right there. Looks We're amazing. Bring back for the kids. That's for sure. You never want to eat on TV, but no, this is I won't do it. that because I don't like watching people eat on TV. This that's, is that's really good. This is you really didn't get good. a donut one. What is that? The apple? Uh, it's, it's the, the apple. cinnamon glaze. Yeah, I have to bring one of these for my dad. He would it's love pretty great. This. this is really. It's crunchy. It's light. That's a Danny Meyer restaurant, by the way. Yeah, is that right? What? The, what is it? Daily, Daily provisions. provisions. I like that. I'm going to go with a pub. You don't one. get this in the suburbs. You're going. You're going for for the donut pub, right? I'm going to go for the donut pub. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to, and I've talked about it on the air, just so everyone knows. Uh, Rise, Will, Connecticut, still, I think, the best donuts in the country these days. They're doing something mm, remarkable. You got a free box. No, I get you. nothing for free from these All people. Right. I wait online like every, every other uh, schmo. Andrew keeps trying to insist he's just a regular Joe. I know. Oh, do. I know. You got to wait sometimes 45 minutes for those donuts. It's <laughs> insane. Not, we're not buying it. We got to go. Uh, you know the best time. I'm already a, done with this. You know one. the best time to make a dental appointment? There's a dad joke? 2.30. Uh-huh. 2.30. I want to talk about the surge of interest in AI. It is extending now from the public markets to the private markets. And joining us right now with more on AI's pathway uh, to investors, Jeff Lewis is the founder of Bedrock Capital. Good morning to you. Uh, Jeff, we've been talking, you know, every day about AI. We can't get away from ChatGPT and the rest of it. Uh, so much of it's negative uh, in the sense of what's it going to do to jobs? Are we going to lose our job? What's going to happen? I want to get your, your thoughts on that. But I also think you're investing in this stuff because there's a positive outcome on the other end, or at least I hope so. Certainly believe there's a, a very big positive outcome on the other end, Andrew. I mean, as a starting point, in terms of the jobs question, think back to horse and buggy repair folks. What did they do? They learned to repair Ford automobiles, the world changes and, you know, folks have to change with it. They should be teaching every kid how to how to prompt AI in schools. This should be mandatory curriculum. I don't know what they're teaching in the elementary schools these days, but they should be teaching kids how to prompt. And on the other side of this, I think we're going to just see massive efficiency gains. But uh, the opportunities for AI, I think, for for investors are actually quite non-obvious. We We have sort of the obvious names like NVIDIA. But there's just a huge swath of non-obvious opportunities out there. Give me some examples of non-obvious opportunities then. Well, the non-obvious opportunities are the durable brick and mortar, uh, you know, meat and potatoes businesses that are leveraging AI to supercharge their offerings. So we're seeing this across sectors in the private and public markets. We're seeing this in sales and marketing with names like HubSpot uh, and uh, ZoomInfo that are integrating AI rapidly with their offerings in the private markets with sales and marketing. Canva has launched a text-to-image generator. That's a company I'm quite bullish on. Small investor in as an IPO candidate. We're seeing this in security, where you have names like Cloudflare, like Sneak, in the public markets rapidly integrating language, large language learning models uh, in, the, in the private markets with, uh, with, uh, with businesses like, like Sneak. We're seeing it as well in right. gaming, which I'm super bullish on. Epic Games, the creator of Fortnite, uh, is doing a lot with AI. So I do really think it is a major catalyst for, for the reopening of the IPO market. Is there any market. argument, though, that this is going to become just completely commodified? Meaning, if every business is going to connect in some way to uh, large language models and, and generative AI effectively, everybody should be to some degree catapulted. Or, or, but it, it, meaning it's, it, it, 
it, it's the same field. Everyone's, everyone will have it, no? It's all about two things. One is proprietary training data for the models. So whoever has the most proprietary training data for their specific offering, I believe is gonna win. So if you're Canva, you have a tremendous amount of proprietary training data. If you're Microsoft, tremendous amount of proprietary training data. So I think that's one edge. The other edge, frankly, is a lot of the, these, uh, a lot of these uh, tools are only as good as the prompts they're getting. And so learning to prompt good, I think I'm sort of stealing a line from Zoolander here, but there was this wonderful like learning to read good line. Learning to prompt good is, like, is, a, is a huge comparative advantage. And that's why I don't think humans are going away. AI is a tool that is making humans more effective, better at their jobs, but you have to learn to prompt good. So I, I don't think it's commodity in the end. Can I, let me ask a different question. We were talking to the CEO of Sentinel One this morning and, and the question about moats and incumbents. I think the large players, you know, will constantly have that advantage in their reach, um, especially if you think about someone like Microsoft. If you believe that cybersecurity is about a $100 billion market opportunity, opportunity for customers, for companies like us, you know, Microsoft has about $20 billion revenue in security. That's about a fifth of that market. So there's still a lot to gain for, you know, all the all the other platform players. But at the same time, I think that, um, you know, obviously it's going to come down to the actual applications. Everybody's going to be leveraging the same algorithms, more or less. Do you say to yourself, the big winners, as you just described, it sounds like Canva or a Microsoft, somebody who's got data, that they win? Or is it that there is no moat because if you have AI, you can actually generate a startup that's demonstrably disruptive, or is that impossible? Well, I think there's a few levels on which this works. I think one level is there's the core infrastructure plays like NVIDIA, like OpenAI, where we're invested at Bedrock. I believe they have obviously a pretty big moat. Then there's this whole application layer question. And you know, at the application layer, I do think most of the value gets captured by existing players that have applications, that have data, that have a moat, I think you're gonna see a flurry of generative AI uh, uh, private technology companies come out to the public markets over the next three, four years. A lot of those are gonna be crap companies, just like we saw with the electrification wave. Uh, you saw a lot of crap companies like where, where uh, Trevor. The, Jeff, what's, what's, where are the losers in this? What would you run away from in this moment? I would run away from like any thin application layer company. So there's a lot of heat right now in the private markets around Application layer, AI, application layer AI for legal, for medicine, for accounting. I think that's all great, but I think ultimately that application layer gets commoditized. I would run to existing technology businesses that have already moved to integrate LLMs into their offerings. Okay, here's a, here's a more complicated one. Um, if you were a student in college or maybe just graduating or thinking about going to grad, what would you try to learn? I know you said prompting, is prompting a, a cool sort of party trick that works for a couple of years? Does it work for forever? It, what, what, would you, what would you tell students? I know st you talk to a lot of students. Well, everyone should be learning to prompt right now. I mean, that's, that's basic. Hard question to answer, Andrew. I'm gonna tell you what not to learn. Do not go to law school, okay? I hope my lawyers aren't watching this, but I think uh, the legal field is in, is in big trouble. That is gonna be one of the first to get disrupted by AI. I talk to folks who spend tens of thousands of dollars a week on legal bills. They're already using ChatGPT to generate 
uh, complex contracts. I think the legal field is in for a lot of trouble. So I would, I would not go to law school. That is my, that is what I would not it's do. Funny I don't because exactly a lot of people know what you like should to go do. to law school, not even necessarily to become lawyers, because it's sort of a logic training. That's not the think. end of humanity. That's like saving humanity. I know you, you're not a fan of lawyers. I'm a family of lawyers, so we, 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 we <laughs> no love. No way. As, as I you love know. lawyers. We all love lawyers. <laughs> I love lawyers when you need one. Yeah. Right. Just don't like the business cards thrown at the ambulances. The magnetic. Uh, Jeff, I, I, it's, I, I do think that I do think the criminal defense lawyers are going to be okay for the record. So those ones will be all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The business they, is up. Well, yeah. Well, they, the business will be up. Well, they have to be protecting the folks. That's the interesting part. Who's going to be responsible for all this? So when AI goes crazy, you need a lawyer. You, someone's going to need a lawyer, and it's not uh, you know the computer. So Jeff, nice to see you, sir. Nice to see you all. Thanks for having me. Look, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks. Cheese will be next. Don't go anywhere. Go get yourself a donut. While you're munching on that donut, coming up on Squawk Pod, what's a career? Our next guest says it's a dying concept and nonlinear change is the key to a happy work life. Best-selling author Bruce Feiler. We go through one what I call work quake every two and a half years. That's 20 in the course of your life. A work what? That's right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand Andrew by. Up and Andrew. Q. Welcome back to Squawk Box. We are here live at the NASDAQ Market Center in Times Square. Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Uh, Kelly Evans is in for Becky today. Our next guest says that over 70% of Americans are unhappy with their careers and more and more of the workforce are seeking meaning from their jobs. With us is Bruce Feiler. He's the author of The Search, Finding Meaningful Work in a Post-Career World, which is out this week. So I've got a whole bunch of questions about this because I think we all are trying to figure out how to get meaningful work, but I also want to understand what you mean by the post-career world. I've collected now hundreds of life stories of Americans from all walks of life in all 50 states. And as you say, nothing involves more transitions right now than work. A hundred million Americans will sit down with someone they love tonight, tomorrow, next week, and say, I'm not happy with what I'm doing, and I want to find work that makes me happy. And I think a lot of it has to do with this change in the idea of a career. The career was invented 100 years ago, and only for men at the time, and only once. The idea was you'd pick an occupation at 21 and then do it for 50 years. So we're doing it wrong here, is what you're saying. This guy's been doing this for a while. I've been doing the same thing for a while, yeah, too. I, I did other things before that. Yeah. I was a stockbroker for 10 years. So. so, But the way we talked about it was all about a linear path, right? The resume, a series of climbs, right? The ladder, a series of climbs. But now, and so we stigmatized making change. But th- this new generation of workers, younger, more female, more diverse, are normalizing this idea of making changes. I mean, my data show that we go through one what I call workquake every two and a half years. That's 20 in the course of your life. A workquake is like a jolt or a, a disruption where you're either forced to or you choose 
to right. reimagine but what you I do. Just, and maybe I'm just too old school. When I see a resume, yeah. and somebody hands me a resume of hmm. potential people we're going to hire, and I see that they bopped around yeah. for the last five years or yeah. six years, and they've been at you know, four places in five years, I think, is there a problem here? That's because you're of a certain age. That's four in five resumes where people old? are making, you know, compared to what the new workforce is. The problem is, is that we've had a kind of definition of success right. uh, that applied only to a certain kind of worker. And this new workforce okay. is having so a different two, way of looking. Let's talk about two sides of this. Yes. Let's talk about the worker Bingo. In, in, in terms of what it yep. means to find a meaningful role. Yep. But then also let's talk about the mindset yes. of the employer yes. or the person hiring yeah like myself in certain cases, yeah. looking at the resume, and maybe I need to rethink it, if that's what you're saying. Right, so let's start with the worker, okay? So here's how to think about it. Six in 10 millennials say meaning is more important than their parents. Nine out of 10 workers say they're willing to give up a quarter of their lifetime earnings um, in order to find work that's meaning. And so the question is 20 so times- So gonna take life, meaning over money. Means, you know, meaning over means, right? Is the way that I talk about it, okay? So the question is, if you are in a work quake, what do you do? And here's what I learned by talking to people who are happy with work, the people who are most fulfilled, they don't just climb, they also dig. They do what I call personal archaeology and identify what did they learn from their parents? What's this scripture that they inherited about work? And where are they now? So ask yourself a series of questions like, what, you know, what are the upsides and downsides you learned from your parents? Number one upside, hard work. Workers, young workers want to work. Number one downside, overwork followed by unhappiness and strain on your family. This right there right. explains what's going on, is that the workers want meaning and balance. Here's how I think about it, Kelly, right? I think about it as a formula. Work equals numbers plus words. Two-thirds of the way we talk about work, and on this channel, maybe right. more, is about numbers. Productivity, efficiency, hours, profit, loss, you know, stock price. When you talk to workers, as I've been doing now for six years, Two-thirds of what, the way they talk about it is words. Happiness, meaning, growth, development. And until we sink these two sides of the formula off, we're going to have what we have, which is come back to work. I'm not coming back to work. <laughs> that tension now, is what's going on. Is there on. something different going on, though, in the U.S. than there is in the rest of the world? And the, one of the things you've seen, clear sign of this to me, yeah. is the in-office versus right. work-from-home post-pandemic universe. Correct. You go to Europe. You go to Asia, go to other parts of the world, everybody's back in the office, yep. right? You come to the United States, and it's, you know, Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. And there, is there something going on in this culture yes. that is fundamentally different, or is someone not gotten the memo, or what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This has always been a culture that is, per, is focused on personal uh, identity, and our identities are built you around the idea. Millennial in the dictionary to see exactly what. The next generation, I get, I'm, I see what's happening, and but I know I'm exactly what they're like. I mean, this is but a I'm, shock to you that they don't want to do anything? They're, they're, well, but they want to work. I, th I think it's, it's fair to they say do they do want, want to work. work they want to work from home, experiential, to go out on yeah. the hoverboard and right. go, get some more apps and get on the, you know. The, yeah, I mean, Satya Nadella said, like, I can't have meetings to anymore. Parents, I've got to have. Ask the parents for more money. Yeah, uh, experiences. So, and I stay another couple months. Yeah. So the, I think that this is what this generational change is what's happening because they're looking at success right. in a different way. Okay, can you just flip it around though yeah. from the employer side? Okay, so the, so the next time I'm I'm looking right. at a resume, yes, am I supposed to? I I still think I'm supposed to give more value to the person who's been at the job 
at four, for four or five years than the person who's been at the job for a year and a half and went to three others or not? You tell me. Employers that meet the needs of their employees, whether it's flexibility or communication or balance. The flexibility to leave the job after a year and a half? I mean, no, the flexibility to work with you on creating a job that gives them what they want. They will stay if you, if you have a, what I call a meaning agenda. Right. So the way to think about this is that we are in this meaning moment, okay? The companies have to meet the moment and their employees right. will stay. So but here's the thing that I don't understand. And this, now I'm, not, I'm gonna go in a different direction on just a weird uh, side commentary about unions for a second. I've watched, for example, the unionization of, or the, the union effort at Starbucks or in Amazon or yeah. what have you, especially in jobs where the people who are quote unquote unionizing often are not in those jobs, but after the vote, yeah. you know, five months after they vote to unionize, it's like it, they're not even there. And so I don't really understand this new sort of paradigm. But here's the way to think about it from my point of view. All of the changes in the workplace have been led by the workers. So what do the workers do? They cut us down from seven days to six days, right, to five days with a weekend. And right now, the change and the energy is coming from the workers who are saying, But is this a good thing? Is there something to be said about the Elon Musk version of management, which is to say, he says, you got, if you want to make serious change in the world, that you can't do it on the terms necessarily of the workers. I know this may sound like anathema after all the work you've done on this, but can you... I guess the question is, are the inmates supposed to run the asylum or not? Well, first of all, the... And maybe the inmates always run the asylum, and that's the way the world is. Maybe she ends up strong You have talked at this desk for a year that the quit rate was going to collapse after the pandemic. It came out on Wednesday, 3.8 million people quit a job in April. That's a million people, 50 million workers. But it's workers. back to pre-pandemic levels. Right, but it's double what it was in 2013 because the long-term, we've only been talking about the great resignation. That's gone away. The long-term trend is meaning. So whether you're a company, I got a blueprint for you for how to do it. If you're a worker, you or someone you know is in a workquake. And if you come on this journey and meet these people, I think you'll be motivated to help you or the someone you love Get the job they want that give you the happiness you seek, the meaning you create, and most importantly, success on your own terms. Bruce, the book is called The Search. It's a fascinating read and a really interesting look at what's happening in all these trends that you've just been talking about. So thank you. If you, one check of the markets, neither one of you or me, if you said 300 and whatever it was, 50,000 market state goes up 200, no way. But you no added way. the unemployment No way. Because you would have thought it'd be good news, bad news. Right. Yeah. But it's something not, changed? It's not all good news. Or is it nuanced? I see, I see unemployment rate up three tenths. I see yeah, temp yeah. jobs down 300K. I see average work week declining. I sure. See they raise rates. But they ain't gonna. They're, they, the market is thinking they're uh, going to do a sale. I'll, I'll raise you a donut. I'll buy <laughs> What number is that? Those, okay. are, those are free. That's like those are free. That's, that's, number a, six. that's, that's not a, Make sure you Let's join us. Uh, Happy join, National Donut Day. Join us next week. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for having me. That's Squawk Pod for today and for the week. Thank you for listening as always. And don't forget, go celebrate National Donut Day on your own. If it wasn't disgusting, I would do a wine tasting thing. Take a bite, spit it out. Take a bite, spit it out. Take a bite, spit it I, I would try every single one. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. The smartest takes and analysis from that TV show can be found right here on Squawk Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here on Monday. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. Now we are clear. Thanks, guys.
podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.